Hello and welcome to the Arista Wealth Podcast, where we focus on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle, so you can focus on living your dreams. We'll help you navigate through important topics so that you can elevate your life and financial health. Let's get started with your host, Paul Moffitt. Hello, welcome to Arista Wealth Podcast. We're excited for you to be joining us today for a special guest. We're really, really excited to have our guest with us today. His name is Kendall Smith. Kendall has written a new book that just came out that is a playbook for men experiencing fatherhood for the first time. He started this many years ago, but it just came out in 2022. We're going to hear about the journey that he took to write this book and how his mind and the value that he has created in this book can be exhibited through our discussion today and by you picking up a copy or listening to an audio book. But we're excited. Kendall, welcome to Arista Wealth podcast. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure to be here. Glad to be on your show. Great to have you here today. Kendall, walk us through and give us a little thumbnail of your background. Sure. So I'm a father of a son, eight-year-old boy, married almost 20 years, and I've been an author of several books. This one, my latest, Rookie Father, I was released by Familias Publishing in February, and it's been an exciting journey. It's been talking really on a personal level about my background, which is being raised essentially in absence of a father. My parents divorced when they were young. Being a father, wanting to stay married, wanting to give a more positive environment for my son, and that led to the book, which is all the different lessons and wisdom that's passed on to me that I think is relevant, and it's out in the market right now at, at national local booksellers. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Kendall, for giving that thumbnail sketch. Walk us through, when did you first thought that there was a need for this book? And walk us through that mindset that you went through in creating and designing this book and the topics and the content for it. Yeah, I essentially kind of reverse engineered how I wrote the book, which is essentially a self-help book. But when you start with writing content that is advising men on how to make improvements how to modify the behavior, whatever it may be. I took lessons from my experience working at Men's Health, which I worked at for almost 10 years on the magazine and website. And the lessons I learned there were you really can't approach and give advice to men the same way you give it to women. It's an entirely (laughs) different philosophy. So the case in point, if you are lost with your husband driving in a car, let's say your navigation is not working and you ask your husband to pull over and ask for directions, he will refuse to do so. No man's going to do that. He's going to want to figure it out. He wants to get unlost himself. And it's the same thing with writing for men. It's presenting advice in a way that they can make it their own. And it's also a suggestive approach as opposed to you should do this. And then from there, I basically structured the book so that it's bite-sized pieces of advice, 131 chapters, one to two pages each. Guys can get in and out and understand what they want to tackle, they can look at the table of contents and tackle a subject one at a time. That's great. And so walk me through, Kendall, what's the mission behind this book? And what was one of those aha moments that you had in writing this book? Yeah. So the interesting aha moment was when I started writing this book, I really wrote it from the point of view of if you're brand new to fatherhood, either having one yourself or being one, that's a significant moment in your life. And when you get to that point, you may not feel like you have a playbook to refer to how your dad raised you, or you may want to modify or do something different the way your father did. So the playbook approach is giving a structure, everything from your wife, your child, your job, how to manage these things, but also more importantly, it's a number of just tidbits 
of how to really process being a father. And essentially, it's written for experienced dads to get some new tips, but also for those that are starting from scratch, which we all do, but especially so if you are raised in absence of a father and raised by a single mother. And what is one of your best tidbits that you wrote about in this book? I'll share the advice given to you by my mother-in-law. I've got four chapters where I cite her advice, <laughs> which sounds counterintuitive, but she's been yeah. married 55 years. So she's doing something right. Sure. And the advice was your marriage is your institution. And that represents the fact, the philosophy behind that is your marriage comes first before anything. It has to come first If your child grows up and gets into a bad situation, your marriage has to be preserved before anything else. And starting from that, when you're on an equal footing with your wife and you're on the same page together, making decisions together, espousing equality, you'll have a much more stable marriage. You're likely to have much happier kids. And if you're raised in absence of a dad, that's one of the things that you look for. I think a lot of men are inspired is to offer a much better experience to their kids when they're growing up. Love the tidbit. Love it. Love it, yeah. Kendall. And Kendall, I mean, gosh, 131 plays. How did you come up with 131 ideas? I mean, <laughs> I mean, how'd you do it? Did you do interviews? Did you talk to other people? I mean, that's amazing. So I started one morning at 5 a.m. after writing a couple of books, a couple of thrillers, and I did some political satire, and I wanted to change things up. I wasn't getting the results I wanted in the fiction world. And thought, okay, what can I write about being a new dad, not having one? And I started simply with that. And what's the advice that was given to me over my entire life? From the age of eight years old, I really started paying attention to other fathers. I wanted to be one one day. And I noticed the good qualities, the bad qualities. And I started making my own little playbook of things you can do. And a simple suggestion is just spend time with your child every single day. Just do something with them every day. If it's putting them to bed, singing them a song... If it's making dinner, sitting around with your family around the table, something every day to have a presence every day in your child's life, it can mean so much more than if compared to if you are gone and not present with your commute five days a week, just getting home a little earlier, getting up a little earlier to spend time with them, that kind of thing. So the chapters, it kind of evolved as sitting down and I wrote in one sitting, 70 different chapter concepts. So I thought about money. And from there, I came up with 15 ideas. And that's your block and tackle advice for dad starting from scratch, your 401k, your 529, diversifying your investments, starting, if you're literally starting from scratch, how do you do so? So it's opening an account at Schwab and slowly investing every paycheck. Those tips kind of add up. But again, it's not a 30-page chapter dump that you have to slog through. It's more akin to how women want to consume content. These are quick hits. And then it built from there and I removed duplications and try to make it a more positive book for everyone. Outstanding. Outstanding. And Kendall, what part of the country were you raised in? So I was raised in North Jersey and now I live five miles from where I was raised, which was not my plan. <laughs> I did yeah. not want to move back to my the same county, two towns away. And <laughs> but we home shopped and we looked around and kind of came back and I have no regrets moving back to Bergen County. Great place to raise a family. The taxes are insane. But I think with the school systems, we get our money's worth, which is how I kind of rationalize it. There you go. There you go. And who are some of the people that you interviewed in your book? And what were some of the takeaways that you learned from them outside of your book? Yeah. So I interviewed two people and then a married couple. First person was my mentor, 
Alan Katz, who is launching a magazine called The Mountains up in the Adirondacks, believe it or not. He was at Condé Nast. He was publisher of Vanity Fair, another magazine we worked on together called Cargo. And he was so adept at managing his work and his family life. And it was so interesting to see how he could prioritize and pivot and include his children in his life, his work life, believe it or not. And he did it seamlessly. So I wanted to get into his family history. And it was fascinating because he's a child of divorce. We have that experience. And I didn't know that until I interviewed him. So we went deep into that and the impact. And then we talked about uh, the other person I interviewed was a guy named Dana Glazer. He is a producer, director for a number of documentaries. One is The Evolution of Dad. And he focused on stay-at-home dads. And in this work environment, if you and your spouse are working and your wife's making more, if you have three kids and they need to be taken care of in the school or the trips, what I encourage in the book is do what's best for your family. Do the most pragmatic thing that's going to financially achieve your goals. And if that means being a stay-at-home dad, there's no shame in it. And his advice, the wisdom that he brought to the book was really helpful. And then lastly, I married two dads, same-sex couple raising three kids. And I want to get that perspective because in a nod to progressivism, we're going to see more diverse families in all shapes and colors. And I wanted to bring their story to life. And if people have any discomfort or concerns, I think once they learn their personal or hear their personal story about becoming parents and they're married successfully now for 12 plus years, I think they offered important lessons that promote inclusivity. That's great. And when you look at you know your upbringing related to men who've never had a father themselves, what were some of the takeaways and some of the things you mentioned inside this book about those who've never had a father themselves? Well, I think half of the people I talk to that fit in that camp, that is my background, is they're very ambitious with providing a successful foundation for their children, for their marriage. They're very pro-family. And I respect them for that. I relate to that. I try to do that myself every day. And I think the other camp, they're kind of winging it. And I think they're doing the successful. The one interesting thing is divorce rates are down. I think part of the reason is the pandemic brought families back together, an odd side effect. But I think that they admit when we start talking about it, like, oh, I could have used these lessons when I was a younger dad or, you know, oh, that was really good advice that I found in your book that was interesting. And and financially, we live in a pretty high net worth area. So I think there's a broader story of consumers that I haven't really engaged with significantly that are literally starting from scratch where their mom was in the poverty cycle trying to get out after a divorce. And that's a big story that goes untold. And I want us to be able to read the book and feel empowered that they can do better financially and give their children a better life. I love that. I love that, Kendall. And to follow that same thread, what's some additional advice that you can have? Because I know you're an individual investor and you've got mm-hmm. your successful advisor too. And you know, right now we've seen the market drop you know, precipitously the last six weeks and it will go back up. But a young father, you know, what do you talk about in this book in regards to taking small steps with their wealth? I think the first step is you need a plan. <laughs> and what I encourage in the book is when your child is born, you and your wife have to sit down and go through a, just almost like a process to recognize what has to be achieved, what has to be taken care of, long-term planning. And that starts, of course, with your home. 
if you're in a bad school district, you're going to want to get in one. Are you going to have to save for a house? Are you going to try to upgrade from, it could be an apartment to a condo? What's your roadmap to get there? And now with a child in the picture, that's an extra $1,000 a month with diapers and formula, whatever it might have. Like, How are you going to manage the saving aspect? And then how you go about the saving side of things is looking at your 401k, your 529, having what I call kind of a reserve fund for the upgrades, which is the last priority in terms of building your wealth. You know, if you're not maxing out your 401k, if you're not contributing something to your 529, if you don't have your expenses in check, which with inflation is throwing things off. Now you have to go back and revisit that and look at, do we need so many streaming services? Do we need to go to Starbucks every day? What can we do to control inflation so we can retain more of our wealth and invest it properly? And then the other thing I talk about is once it gets going, and you'll attest to this, but you know the power of compounding, just 10 grand a year in a Schwab account, saved, diversified, some stocks, some bonds, some growth, some value. Once you just start getting through that, withdrawing every paycheck, a little bit every time, that money will just accelerate. And it's just... 10 years later, you'll look at it and be like, my God, just by automatically investing, you'll be probably close to $150,000 with a $100,000 principal if you're smart and you keep on top of your investments. No, it's so true. It's so true. You know, by small and simple things, great things occur. And, you know, compound interest is truly the eighth wonder of the world. Two weeks ago, I had the opportunity to be at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. Nice. And when I landed in Omaha, Nebraska, I looked out the window and I saw more private jets than I've ever seen ever at an airport. And I thought, wow, I think I'm in the right place to find out who's here. And I said, you know, they traveled on their own private airplane. I traveled Southwest, which is great. (laughs) But, you know, I sat next to this gentleman. I said, hey, are you here for the Berkshire Hathaway annual shareholder meeting? He said, yes. And Kendall, he said, I've been an investor for 40 years. Oh, he's cashing out. Beautiful. And he said, I've been attending this every year for the last 26 years. Oh. And I thought 40 years ago, he made a decision that has changed his life. He bought an investment 40 years ago. And when I see most investors, you know, we look at their investments and they've held that investment for four, five, six, seven years. But to your point, the sooner they get started, and it will be painful. It will be painful to sacrifice some of that money. But like this gentleman, and he travels all the way from Australia every year. That's amazing. To gather some additional nuggets, like you've talked about in your book, to gather some additional perspectives, to gather a new idea. He has since retired. He was a portfolio manager for many years. But it was just really impressive. And I really appreciate what you said about you know getting started and getting started soon and getting money put aside. Because here's a man who's been owning Berkshire Hathaway stock for 40 years yeah. and never sold it. There were lots of reasons to sell it. There were lots of bad years and bad periods, but he didn't. He stuck yeah. with it. And just a great lesson. And so, Kendall, you know, how can readers find you and stay in touch with you and continue to learn from what you have to share? Yeah. So the book is available at local national booksellers, the likes of Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart just picked it up, which is great. It's being touted by the publishers a great Father's Day gift for new and experienced dads alike. And my emails in the book, it's uh, therookiefather at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, same handle, Instagram, same handle, and also uh, on Twitter at Author Kendall. 
And I encourage any and all feedback. Love to get it. The book's gotten great reviews so far, 12 professional endorsements. And But I encourage most people to go to local booksellers. They're important retailers in our community. If they could buy locally, if it's not in store at the time, they could order it from uh, Workman Publishing. Well, that's great. Well, yep. thank you, Kendall, for joining us today. And listeners, stay tuned. We're excited for our next episode. And always remember, go to aristowealth.com to look at other tools, tips, and videos to help you live a life of significance. Well, Kendall, this has been awesome. And it took you you know, many years to write it. I'm sure you were just so great satisfaction when it finally was done. Yeah, it was. It, it was kind of surprising because the publisher came out. It's a hard copy. They really went the whole nine yards in terms of like producing a great book. But the book was supposed to come out, ironically, right before Father's Day in 2020. And it got bumped because of COVID. Yeah. So that was heartbreaking because but the process of getting the book done and like, this is like my fourth book. But it's, it's been rewarding because it's just getting a lot of attention, a lot of press. And there's a lot of nuggets in there that are applicable in the financial world. And then just even with relationships and marriages. And I have one coming up. Who is it? Let me see. Oh, I got to tell you this. This is funny. Like some of these podcasts, like they get a response from. So next week, it's like the sour mama of like podcast group or something like that. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is this? But the funny thing is, it's going to be interesting to see... Just, you know, what we talk about and like a woman's perspective on marriages and husbands and all that. So it's from a lot of different angles, it could be, it's kind of fun to explore and whatnot. Yeah, that's great. It's awesome. Kendall, all of the success and luck to you is just wonderful. You've written multiple books. You know, I've been sitting here thinking, man, I should write a book called Rookie Investor. And yeah. A playbook for 100 plays to remember as a rookie investor. It's something that I've always wanted to do and you've inspired me to start back on that path of you know, getting stuff written down and getting it out there. It's fun. Worst case scenario, if you self-publish, it's still, it's great to have on your resume. And I got a funny investor story for you that week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the day before I graduated college, I was worth negative $1,000 on my credit card. I didn't have college debt and my grandmother hands me the envelope. She's like, like the envelope, like, hey... Here you go. This is like the graduation gift. $10,000. <gasps> wow. So I'm like, I'm like, holy Spicoli. This is amazing. Yeah. She's like, go buy a car. So I moved to Hoboken, New Jersey. I have an old car. I get $400 in parking tickets. So I'm like, I'm not buying a car. The money sits in a bank account for a year. I walk into Charles Schwab, half a block down from where I work. No. I walk in. I took $5,000. I bought Microsoft. I took $5,000. I bought Intel. No. 1994. No way. Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding yeah. me? So that's why I'm obsessed. Like, I love the investing angle. Now, I've obviously moved away from individual stocks because I've lost my mind doing that. So now it's just yeah. ETFs, mutual funds. I got a couple different outlets. But my point is like my net worth from 24 years old to 29 had a wonderful increase during the 90s. All the two stocks. Especially the late 90s. Yeah. Oh, you killed it. Wow, what a great story. So your 10,000 turned into 100,000 in about four years. More than that. But then I got clipped in 2001 during the dot-com bust. So I I got humbled. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Buy more. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, and that was the one thing, Kendall, that I really took away from Warren Buffett is he just said, we buy good companies we never sell. Yeah. He says, if you can fight the urge to sell, to make it through, 
you make it through. Yeah. And he said, but the pressure is real because things pop up and you have this expense, you have this unexpected expense, you got this cost. He says, when we buy an investment, it's like us buying a farm. We just let the farm do its thing. We work on the farm. We build the farm up. And before you know it, the farm is yielding more than it was when we bought it. Yeah. He compared his stocks to long-term assets like a farm, like a house, where you just buy it and it's just there. And you ignore the urge to check in on it on a frequent basis. So, But I think like to your point with the private jets, I think it's this is not dissimilar to 2001. Yeah. When you think about the growth and growth portfolios murdered it for the last seven, eight years. And now I yeah. think the pivot to value, you look at Netflix. Yeah. You got Netflix and they got destroyed because it's a growth company. They weren't investing in their products. Consumers are starting to fall out. And now all those private jets are flying in at Omaha when you saw them to get a better sense of value investing. My theory on that private jet thing. So, no, I totally agree. Well, hey, Kendall, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Great, great success to you with this book. And right thank before you. Father's Day, what a great time for it to get out there. And anything we can do to help you, please let us know. No, thanks. Just let me know when it goes live and yeah. I'll circulate it as much as I possibly can. So, there's a payback to you on the back end. Yeah, well, that'd be great. Thanks, Kendall. Cool. Okay. Thanks, Paul. Talk Be to good. you soon. Okay, bye-bye. This episode of the Arista Wealth Podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more advice on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle so you can focus on living your dreams. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.